What's up, worms? It's your host, Stevie. What's up, everybody? I hope everybody's having a lovely Monday. Um, um it's Tuesday. It's definitely Tuesday, not Monday. <laughs> it's Tuesday now, but when we record, it's Monday. I forgot that we had to do it late. So if you're here, right? you already recorded the interview. <laughs> Just not the intro. We are the worst podcast people ever, bro. I don't understand why people Look, listen. We say that we're the worst, but people actually listen to us. So I guess I don't know why we don't have our shit together at all. It's funny because I checked the anchor the views every day and I'm like oh there's like some 800 people that listen to us and I'm like are we really that entertaining I don't man I don't know like 816 today there's 816 people that like us I mean it could be all one person yeah I mean it could be um so Stevie what's going on in the book world over there for you pal um, Lisa Suzanne for releasing book three. Yes, so you can stop uh, waiting for that ending that you've been like. I'm still waiting. For. There's two more books. Yeah. Book four is supposed to go out next week, I think, mm-hmm. for ARCs. I keep telling her, I said, what are you doing to me? Are you like literally trying to kill me? <laughs> it's just a thing because <laughs> you are literally killing me i forget what i wrote in her re- in her review but it was funny as shit because i said um something about how she's like literally killing me because she doesn't she's putting these books out she did it on purpose to spread them out enough but then i'm like why didn't you just make it one long book because i really need the information now <laughs> um what else is coming out much of anything's coming uh tc matson's releasing back to me which i'm really excited about i just started it um tori fox is releasing burnout which is the everyday heroes project again i love the everyday heroes project sarah nays releasing hard luck next next week yes yes she is the 25th i'm so excited also when this goes live it'll be saint patty's day Yes. So happy St. Patty's Day, everybody. May you have a safe and intoxicated day. <laughs> that sounds like a contradiction. Um, St. <laughs> Patrick's Day is such a fun holiday. I love it. And I'm actually of my people. <laughs> I'm actually writing an Irish character right now, so it's pretty fitting. I love it. I was on beach the other night when I was dyeing my hair. I'm sending pictures to MJ of me blonde. Bro, <laughs> Stevie's hair was a process. It was a trust the process moment. JC Hannigan was like, you sh- oh, I like it. You should keep it that way. I was like, oh, we're not staying blonde. Listen, I have had my hair blonde. Well, my hair is naturally blonde, which is like really hard for people to believe apparently. But I am naturally blonde. And I tried to go back blonde after dyeing it like 8,000 times. And I was like, yeah, there was a reason I dyed it in the first place because fuck this color on me. Oh my god, I found, <laughs> you guys were only here, what, a week ago? Mm-hmm. I went downstairs in my basement last night and found um something on the floor. Somebody's, personal... <laughs> Somebody's underwear. Ah! <laughs> no, let me just tell you, I texted Hannah this morning, or like last night, and was like, did you leave a pair of underwear on my floor? 
for Rob. It was either me or her. I'm not sure. One of us probably. She was like, she goes, I don't think so. <laughs> but I could be Rob. LOL. It was probably, it was one of us. We, I was dying. I was laughing so hard when she answered. We like literally forget shit on a daily, on a regular. Look, there's like five socks here that all belong to Ed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forget. So- my mom was like, my mom goes, I told her that sock was left up in the bathroom. I threw it down to her and it's still sick. I literally forget about my socks. It's insane. I'm, I don't know. So I can't keep up with socks to save my life. I was, I was dying. Um, but for me, there's nothing really going on for me, honestly. Um, I'm writing right now. So that's literally my life at the moment. I write and then I do marketing and I am on Facebook with you guys. And then I cook and I clean occasionally. And then I play some Call of Duty. So, yeah. Oh, also, if anybody's listening and you play COD, you know, like hit me up with your gamer tag. We be like run duos and we'll play. Um, Any yeah. nerds that are gamers out there. <laughs> yeah, for real. So that's literally all my life is right now. I am in a, I'm in the writing struggle of my life. And you're on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Gotta go follow my TikTok. My TikTok is popping. I'm so funny. I'm not. <laughs> not really. Um, I, I did just post. I, I did just post a really awesome TikTok. And I do edit this really hot guy. That is the inspiration for not the Courage for Fools. Because that's a standalone. The next series I'm writing, which I'm already planned and plotted out. The first book in that one, yeah, that man is who he looks like. And I'm not going to tell you guys names or anything, but, like, that man's hot. And if he ever, like I said in my video, I was like, if that man ever wants to be on a book cover, just hit a girl up. Hit me up. Right. I'll, Make it I'll put him on one. I don't care. I don't care. So, let's talk about what episodes are coming. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> You're like, I don't even know. Just kidding. Um, We have JC JC Hannigan will be on here one day. One day. We don't know what day yet. We don't know what day yet, which is super exciting. Um, Willow Winters will be here next week. We have Willow Winters next week. And then in April, which I know seems like forever away. We're not not announcing that one yet. Why? I want to talk about it. Fine. Fine. I'll announce it this weekend and I'll play the game again. See if anybody. All right. Fine. Come up with clues then fine oh I got some I know some I got some but yeah we have really exciting we have really we have really exciting people in April so we're excited about that but yeah I think that's it for me over here I picked another I booked another author this morning okay cool for June well I think that's it for me are you excited to talk to our guest oh my god our guest it's freaking hilarious so Obviously, we already blew our cover about recording the intro of the day. No, you blew our cover. Get that shit straight. So, I was editing this half of the interview last night. Oh, God. And I looked at the timestamp. And anybody who doesn't know that knows this person knows, doesn't know their best friends with April Canavan. Oh, my God. She go. It was fucking hilarious. Can I just tell you how long this interview ended up being? It's probably like two hours, bro. An hour and 27 minutes. 
bro <laughs> we talked forever man and i mean it was not like it was boring like, everything was interesting we just kept getting off on like tangents you're gonna learn so much about our guests you're gonna learn so much probably things you don't need to know like her entire life went right bro, for real and then we had a heart to heart after we cut it like bro it was just legit we had a great time deeper into some of this stuff that she dropped bro you just it was a fun time and i think you guys are gonna enjoy it so be on the lookout too because i talked to april last night um after march 25th one day we'll be going live on facebook oh god with the two of them <laughs> which just sounds like a, oh my god it's gonna be it's it's literally gonna be a k it's a dumpster fire but it's gonna be the most hilarious dumpster fire you've ever seen in your life it's but gonna be like watching jackass we're gonna have wine oh i'm gonna be i'm gonna be trashed i'm gonna get trashed a, if you're over 21 please join us it'll be a lot of fun if you're under 21 you can join us too and make fun of us it's fine but oh i'm gonna get turned be prepared that we're going to be turning up on uh, Facebook Live. They might shut us down. I might, I might not get, I'm not going to get trashed, but I will, I will have a few drinks. I will have a few drinks. You know, I'm never going to pass up alcohol. So. April Canada might read another blog. <laughs> I mean, who knows, bro? Who knows? Who knows with those two? But without further ado, we're going to go over here and go chat with our amazing new friend, Casey Hagen. We are so excited to have Miss Casey Hagen on the podcast with us. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Uh, good. <laughs> you guys got me all warmed up. Oh yeah, we off camera. Sorry, you guys don't <laughs> see the details, but uh, yeah, we've been we've been having a little chat. They don't got me all riled up. I got my sage out. Struggle. Nothing that doesn't lie. Oh yeah, I was pop. I was I was sweating a minute ago. I look like a lumberjack. Y'all can't see it right now, but I do look like a gay person because I look. I mean, like I look like I am. Yeah, I'm. You definitely look at me and you think I'm bisexual. I look like a lumberjack. You I look, look like you're from New England. <laughs> I'm missing a beard. No, we all look like that. I don't own a winter jacket. I own a vest. A vest. I was running around with nothing on other than this shirt. It's ten degrees out today. I mean, fuck it. I saw this one meme and it was like, how to tell you're from Boston. You got on a puffer jacket, shorts, flip-flops, and some Duncan. There you go. <laughs> there you yes. go. That's so funny. Oh, God. And I'm not even from Boston. So, now that we have introduced her to the podcast, we're super excited to ask you a bunch of questions. Basically, what we're going to do is, is we're going to ask you some specific questions about your books and then we'll move on to more generalized questions about writing and reading and tropes and all the fun stuff that surrounds writing books. Okay. Okay. All right, cool. Stevie, do you want to take the first question? Sure. Okay, cool. Go ahead. All right. False Start is book one in a roller derby romance, which, by the way, I have not read any roller derby romances ever. Me either. I was like, roller derby? What is... I need to read this shit. Like... <laughs> give me it roller i legit told one of our fans about the series the other day and they're like roller derby oh where can i get this for real though um what inspired you to write a roller derby series okay so it kind of starts a little bit funny um i'm not friends with him anymore um oh. and why do i feel like he's gonna end up hearing this at some point and be like oh really um my <laughs> old <laughs> my old narrator mm -hmm. pretty much older guy 
Um, he actually lives here in Maine. And when I would come up on my retreats, we would grab lunch or whatever. And he was telling me about how his mom was in roller derby. And this would have been, he's in his late sixties. Yeah. So this would have been a long time ago. So then I started, you know, researching some, you know, some of the old pictures and reading some of the old stories. And I kind of got sucked into it because it was, then it was a sport where men put women on display. Not just women, obviously men were in it too, but it was really used to put women on display. And it, there was a resurgence in roller derby in the early 2000s um, where women have now, dom they control it, yeah. basically. Women took it back for themselves. Yes, now, granted, there are still men who do it, so it's not like it's completely women, but um, they they sort of took control and they made it an actual, it, it wasn't about putting on a spectacle, kind of like with wrestling, sometimes stuff is staged and all that. It was yeah. an actual sport. Um, so that kind of, that sort of puts me right there. And it's not... Then, it, then I got into learning the difference between flat track and bank track because there's, it used to be all on a bank yeah. and flat track is, is more common now. Um, and I just kind of got lost in it from there. I, feel I mean, like these are crazy, so it's, they're awesome. I feel like it's a lot like lingerie football. I don't know if y'all know what that is, but I've heard of it. Okay. So like, <laughs> I'm not even like, I'm dead ass. I'm not even joking you. Like when you, it, they put this shit on like ESPN three before they would fucking put like female softball, which is a legit, like, I'm not saying lingerie football is not a legit thing. Okay. Nobody come for me. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that. And I think there, and there are women who play legitimate football in like a league, right? Yeah. But you'll never see that advertised over lingerie football on mm -hmm. because these bitches are hot and in lingerie and playing football. And so yeah. I think a lot, it's like similar to that where it's like, it's like, it's men's, it's like a display for like men. It's like, men. I want to stab I, in throat. Yeah. I mean, and now it, it's funny because women, women run it. It's funded by women. And I, I guess the kind of neat thing is the dedication they have to the sport, to practicing, to giving back to the community. And they don't get paid for what they do. It's not like guys who are in major league baseball or any of these other sports they're not getting paid for this if yeah. anything it costs them a lot of money to play um especially if they're in the wftda i yeah. mean you have to yeah. have the insurance through them you have to have I, the practice and the all the criteria you have to meet um the supply i mean getting into all the the gear is yeah. just having different sets of wheels and all this expensive so and it's time away from your family too so yeah it, they're just really dedicated to the sport and and I I don't know I just kind of, I like how they how they took control over it like, I do too I, I love that I really love how they I just love some roller that. derby that's bad yeah. and and that was the other thing is when I wrote it I was like okay I'm not sensationalizing this because it feels like every every movie every book that's ever had roller derby in it it's been sensationalized mm -hmm. and I, it's funny, in my drawer over here, I have, it's like two inches thick, all the sets of rules for roller derby for every single rule set that they have, that they play by. And I know those, I know the signals, I know that because I wanted to write the actual sport. Yeah. And I have two editors. I have my regular editor, but I have a secondary editor, Jen Cooper, who actually plays roller derby. Ooh. 
So she made sure she went through it and that everything was 100% accurate because I didn't want it sensationalized. I didn't want it. I actually have one section of the book I was really worried was going to be boring because it wasn't sensationalized. And she was like, no, no, it was just right. And then Shauna, she was like, no, actually it was perfect because we got it, but it wasn't the whole focus, which was great. And yeah. um, And I guess that's why people sensationalize it, but I just didn't want to do that. And I refused to do that. I told Jen from the onset, I was like, I won't blow this up into something. It's not, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just won't. So I love that you respect it that much that you're not willing to do that because I do think that with books, people are like, and I mean, obviously people hit home runs and people, you know, do these phenomenal things sometimes, but sometimes a baseball game is just a fucking baseball game. Sometimes like, you know, a hockey game is just a fucking hockey game. And yep. it's like, it doesn't make it any less interesting and it doesn't make yeah. it any less, you know, fun to read about, but it's not always, not every game is like the fifth game in the series and you're down by one and there's mm-hmm. something going down, you know, there's, and you're not, not always going to win. Exactly. So, it's not always going to win. That's yep. not always a thing. And I think that making that okay in books is like fine because yeah it's it's okay to lose losing is I mean it sucks ass but it's fine and actually it's kind of funny because I was a softball player for a lot of years as a kid and as an adult yes and we lost a lot (laughs) we always seem to have a lot of beginners on our team yeah and I'm not one of those who's like oh you're a beginner you're going to be sitting on the bench you're a beginner you need to be out on the field like we're probably going to lose but you need to be out on the field because you're never going to get better if you aren't out there yeah. So um, we lost a lot, but that wasn't really kind of the point. I wasn't out there just to win. So I guess I kind of carried that through when I was writing the book as well. And will through the rest of the books in the series. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I love it. I'm here for it. Yes. And it's roller skate. I mean, and the hero, I put his ass on roller skates too, because he's a skater. Bro, listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. I would eat shit. Eat shit. And the reason I know that I would eat shit on roller skates is because I can skateboard. Okay. I can skateboard. And I have fucking roller skated before. And I have nearly knocked out every single one of my fucking teeth doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Because there is something that you have to be extremely coordinated to do rollers. And I know people are like, oh, it's just roller skates. And I'm like, you do it. You do it. It sucks. I I used to roller skate in Florida. I lived in Florida for eight years and I roller skated there some. But yeah, I just. Not on the level they do in these books. I mean, he jam skates and he has played derby and he's done. Yeah, you haven't read it, so I don't really want to tell you, but there's something like, like I sent it to Shauna and she, no, you didn't. And I was like, <laughs> oh no. The tagline is he can do anything on skates. Oh no. And he really can do anything on skates. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> literally anything i mean the, the vision the imagery that is in my head at the moment is a little much it yeah. was great all over it's all over the place it's all over the place right now okay so oh best scene ever <laughs> i need to i need to read this okay so this book features Maisie and kane they're like tortured souls who you know like to banter back and forth and so did anybody like in particular inspire this couple for this book like you know like starting out this new series you kind of have to have like a really impactful couple to kind of like hook readers into like the whole thing so like what were they where do these characters come from 
you know, honestly, <laughs> that sounds so sad. This was all born from one stock image. This really? was <laughs> Yeah, there was the stock image of this chick with a bandana in her hair and her nose was pierced and she had tattoos, but she looked very, very sweet. And I was like, oh my God. I've got to write her book. I had no clue. It was just a stock image. And as a matter of fact, the first covers I had done for this years ago, when I was first really getting into this idea, were all female covers. And the first one has that image. I'll never let those covers see the light of day. Yeah. Because they would not work now. And of course, women cover, female covers don't tend to sell with romance, but yeah. um, it's that picture. She was very sweet, but she was unexpected because she she had that sweet personality, but you would think of someone with a sweet personality not being all pierced and tattooed and like all, you know what I mean? It's literally and she's kind of the one that everyone takes care of and she's, yeah. So it was, it was her story and then him, well, I, it seems like every hero I write has to be a little bit of a, an asshole in a way. Like not, not like toxic asshole. Actually, I've written some of those too, but- <laughs> <laughs> Those are my he's an asshole for a good reason he's just very guarded and he's quite a bit older than her I mean he's in his mid-30s and she's in her mid-20s give and me an age gap I know we yeah, love age gaps yeah and I mean he different stage in his life very guarded very his his childhood was super traumatizing hers yeah. was as well just not the way his was so, um, and he doesn't like, he doesn't want to be in town because of course in, he's blank. There was an accident that happened when he was coaching years before and everyone blames him for it. Oh. So he doesn't like being in town and he usually doesn't come back to town like because he has to, huh? Like a hermit. Yeah, well, a little bit. He like, he moved, he moved away from his hometown. He left everything. So, you know, because of kind of the scandal of that but now he's back because he's taking care of his sister because she's having pregnancy complications and her husband's overseas so obsessed with him. yeah mm -hmm. I love him I love him yeah see so I kind of make him he's a little bit of a dick but not yeah he's it, a guarded dickhead who uses I mean there's reasons head. there's always reasons he's yeah. not an asshole just to be an asshole exactly he, it's yeah. a defense mechanism it's a defense mechanism. yeah he's on he's running he's constantly running from memories from all kinds of shit so i'm not afraid to admit that toxic assholes like obviously i know you said he wasn't toxic but i'm listen in real life absolutely not i i'd fucking punch a toxic asshole in the face because don't <laughs> don't, don't come at but me we love me. them in books but in books bro <laughs> I literally had this conversation with Fletcher the other day and everybody on this podcast knows that I call my husband Fletcher that's not his real name he has a pin name too guys but oh I call... God. April's trying to call me right now while I'm in the interview <laughs> <laughs> oh my god sorry no, <laughs> I was like okay. why is that ringing <laughs> it's totally okay so I was telling Fletcher this the other day I was like dude he was like, he was like, oh my God, like all you women, like all you want is the bad boys. And I'm like, ah, 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 ah. no, we want the bad boys in the books because bad boys yeah. in real life turn into men who are abusive. They get a beer gut and they can't fit in their leather jacket anymore. And then they're pissed off about it. Sitting down at the bar, bitching about how you ruined their life because you got married. Okay. So basically That's the guy I have sitting in the bar in Devious Wingman. <laughs> <laughs> 
so that's 18 and now he's 40 and his kids don't want to yeah that guy yeah so that's what the bad boy, toxic bad boy turns into we don't want that in real life okay in a book absolutely because we can make him into whatever the fuck we want to make him in the future okay and we can redeem him in a way that never happens in real life exactly it doesn't like, like let me tell you something i'm on my second husband and <laughs> my first husband, okay, now I feel like I'm going to be a little bit of a dick here. My first husband was the bad boy. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say full disclosure here. I am friends with my ex-husband. He lives a half an hour away. He's married to a wonderful woman that I adore. So like, we're all friends, but he would even have to admit we were a total mismatch. I went to a private high school where we didn't wear jeans, like we were dressed up and yeah. he went to the rival school and walked away from his graduation and actually threw his diploma in the trash can. Oh, can we like- When I to- met him, he was on house arrest. <laughs> Listen, okay, I grew up in Vermont. Lack of options, lack of options. I blame it on that. I <laughs> blame it on that okay <laughs> wow i did not plan on pulling this story out not the ankle bracelets not the ankle no, bracelet. no he didn't have an ankle bracelet I, I apparently that's where my line was <laughs> i was drawn at the ankle bracelet god i'm crying okay. he was at, okay so he had gotten arrested before, long before me and got yeah. in trouble and he was on the street and narrow but he was still on house arrest he worked he was a chef. He, he did everything he was supposed to be doing. Oh, he could Always but he had you hook on and sinker with that one. Uh, he, he would shave his, his head was shaved and he had the goatee oh, and he had that fucking, I don't give a shit attitude and smoked camels. And I was like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I literally am in love with this. Sure. No letterman jacket for you. Sure. <laughs> do not like I mean you get the rare 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 and I told Dallas I was like they're like fucking unicorns okay you get that and they end up with fucking girls who look like Kendall Jenner okay so it's very rare that this shit happens and like when it does like sometimes it just does not work it doesn't it doesn't translate well in real life because that's just not no. how it works and as much as it sucks it makes it makes me have a job as much as that sucks it's like i can give you what you're looking for like you i'm gonna give you the redeemable bad boy i promise exactly because in real life i gotta tell you that shit falls short every single time oh oh hard fall hard fall every time i mean i I feel like jesse is gonna he's gonna listen to this and be like well thanks (laughs) (laughs) no he wasn't all that impressed with me in the end either so like it's not like i the J names, bro. I have a theory. It's okay. all J names. Get this. His name's Jesse, and I'm married to Jim. I oh. dated a lot of J <laughs> names. I lost my virginity to, to a J. I like. I get almost <laughs> fucked up. There's I, a lot of J's in my past. And if they weren't J's, their name was Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave. 
I mean, I, I'm not, I almost fucked up because I almost said my ex-boyfriend's name on this and I am not about to do that because we, unlike you, are not on good terms. <laughs> so, well, yeah. we're on good terms right now. If he hears this, I will say that his name had two J's. It was J was his first name and J was his last name. So his initials were JJ. So yeah. like, it was like double fucked me for real. So yeah. I, yeah, he was an asshole. However, he gave me all kinds of inspiration on how to write an asshole and then make him good for other people. Yeah, I mean, they start out great. It's oh. just that long term that's kind of like, damn. I Where's damn. Anna at when we need her? I saw the Stephen King book back there. Oh, I have, <laughs> I have a shit ton of them. You have no idea. I dead ass in the back of one of my books in my acknowledgments. I was like, oh my gosh. Let's dead <laughs> ass, hold up. I was like, to the one that inspired Nico, if you're reading this, tell your mom I said hi. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I did. I don't even give a fuck. I mean, obviously he's not a reader, but if he ever was, <laughs> hello, tell your mom I oh said God, hi. I hope everybody I know, I hope none of them read my books. I know that's, uh, I, okay. I know like April is all about it. Like she is fine with people walking right up to her being like, oh, I read your book. And I'm like, Someone comes up to me and says, I read your book. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> okay, we're not going to talk about it. And Walmart. I'm out of here. <laughs> here. And if it's my family, I would pay my family to not read my shit. Yeah, oh, same. A stranger, but, I'm fine. <laughs> my family. If we're able to the story, though, that her mom reads her books. Oh, if my <laughs> grandma read my shit, I would pass away. I would pass away. My mother knows, we, got, we were on the phone once and she's like, I'm just gonna say, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> she's like, you put a little bit of you in literally every single story. And I was like, okay, that's all the talking we're gonna do about that. No more. That's it. And I just I feel like it's because I separate myself from my writing so much that it's like, listen, my writer self is filthy as fuck, okay? And like, I don't want my dad to read that. I don't want anyone. My poor kid. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to actually say it. I'm going to say it and it's going to be memorialized. Samantha, my oldest, she's my stepdaughter, but I, I just consider her my daughter. Um, literally most of the time, my favorite. Why? Because she'll call on a book release day and be like, congratulations. I'm not going to read it. And I'm like, oh, you're my favorite. Thank God. <laughs> It. you should not see this side of me my other two little assholes <laughs> well <laughs> those two little shits like ariana's like i was reading your book and i had to keep putting it down because i just couldn't because i knew my mom wrote it but the baby you know what the baby did oh let's talk about what the baby did oh shit she pilfered one of my books off of my account my my i can't even talk my bookshelf went to her friend's house and they played book roulette and with the parents and the older brother and wherever you opened it up was where you had to read from. So I've no, got Kenny. I've got Kenny reading a sex scene, reading a, a dirty ass sex scene because it wasn't the first one in the book. It was the third sex scene in that book, which was the really dirty one. And they recorded it. And I was like, you're all dead to me now. You're all dead to me. I live 400 miles away from that place now. <laughs> so I, I could have seriously, oh my God. I'd have killed the kid first of all. Fuckers. Little fuckers. <laughs> let's just, let's just, uh, dead to me. That's literally insane. Okay, yeah. so. 
moving forward. We got way off tangent on that question. Oh, yeah, Holy it's fine, though. It works. So, Devious Wingman did <clears throat> a book in the Cocky Heroes Club world that focuses on Falcon and Emery. So, yep. what was, like, the inspiration? So, Cocky Heroes Club <laughs> is... <laughs> listen. First of all, who inspired this couple? Second of all, I have a serious... Listen, I fuck this up every single time. Cocky Heroes Club and the other one, is it? they're similar, but they're different. Right. Everyday Heroes Club. It's it, 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 every, everyday, everyday Heroes, and then there's the Cocky Heroes yeah, Club. Yeah, and they're separate, but they're similar. Right? Uh, yes. A little bit. They're similar in the way that they're worlds. That's what, I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Different worlds, but it's like the same basis, like Kermaz. Like, it's like other authors writing in the same world, right? Right. Yeah, because like, I write I even beyond these worlds. I write in Susan Stoker's world as well. I or I did. I have eight time. novellas in her world. Oh, yes. Yeah, I fuck this up every time. But yeah, so basically, that one, the Cocky Heroes Club, was <laughs> a man about Falcon and Emery. So what was the inspiration behind this couple and this devious Oh, movie? God. See, I don't work like April, where it's not like I can say, oh, I watched this show, and you know, so-and-so. Um, I saw him. I saw I'm him as a very, huh? I don't a stock image. <laughs> No, actually, you know what's funny about that? The book cover is a stock image and it was a new stock image. It had only been out for three weeks. Yeah. And when I grabbed it and made the cover, um, Penelope or Vi, I can't remember which one asked me. One of them was like, oh, which photographer did you get that from? I was like, that came from Shutterstock. <laughs> like, <laughs> wasn't it glorious? Because he's beautiful. But yeah. um, I mean, I knew when I saw that picture, that was really kind of the look I was going for for the hero. But honestly, um, I pictured these three guys and he was the, he was the like angsty kind of alpha asshole, the quiet, like grumbly one. Me, my <laughs> And I just kind of, I see, you know, actually that book was born from one scene. It was, I envisioned that scene with them in the back room. Did you guys read this one? I read this one. Okay. I envisioned the scene in the back room at the bar where he said, you grew up good kid. Yes. That's, that, the, the book was born from that one scene. One scene. The whole damn concept, everything was born from that. I just got butterflies. In the back room, I'd go there. I yeah, butterflies I mean, in my stomach. In my yeah. literal stomach, butterflies, actual ones, they're fluttering. Yeah, that, and that turned into a dirty scene. It, oh, well, okay. <laughs> when, <laughs> of course it did. It was a little bit dirty. Um, <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be. I envisioned them kind of going head to head. I didn't envision him having his hands in our underwear, but that totally happened. Ah! Oh my God, I have a scene like that too. Chapter three? Was it chapter three, I think? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Like that. three or four. A dead ass. I have a and then the later on with his hands around her throat, I was like, I don't know. I've got these guys like being all rough and shit, and I don't even care. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I originally okay, so I have a little bit of a I don't know the word for it. I, it teeters a line. It teeters a line that is like, eh, but eh. What? Oh, what teeters a line? I want to talk about this line. What's the line? So I teetered this line. So I didn't, my first, and I just came out right out the gate with it. My debut novel, I was like, fuck it, we're going in. So my <laughs> first novel was an age gap romance and the first sexual encounter that they have, she's like a month shy of 18. 
So she's like, but that, and he's like, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm here for that. I can't judge nothing. I cannot judge anything because (laughs) for Christ's sake. But I, she was on the, she was like a month over like 17 and he had like, they'd been friends like her whole life. Yada, yada, yada. Wait, how old was he? I need this. I just need the details. Eight years older than her. Eight years older than her. So he was what? 27. He was 27. Oh, girl, do I have stories for you. So they Real get, ones. He grew, <laughs> <laughs> so near, like, he grew up with her her whole life. It was his dad's teammate. Like, her her dad, his name is Bishop. Bishop and JR were teammates. They both played hockey together. And Valor is JR's daughter. So that's how they knew each other, like, their whole her whole life. From, like, the time. Mm, was, like, I like this. Right? You should read it. And so, basically... They have this moment where she's like 17. She just won like a state championship. Hey, what's the name of this book? I got to write this shit down. Love it's and Hockey. Love and Hockey. Got it. So it's, yeah, like basically she just won the state championship. She also plays hockey. And Bishop comes to show his support. And there's a rookie <laughs> on the team. And his name is Nico. And he's making moves at Valor. And it Bishop has like this this fucking breakdown moment in his head where he's like, I don't know what the fuck is happening right now, but I'm not okay with it. And he is having a mental breakdown and like follows her in the locker room and they have a moment where um I love moment. Yeah, they have they have a steamy moment. He doesn't touch her, but he instructs her where to touch herself. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was it yes. was like, that was my favorite sex scene and of all four of the <clears throat> series And it was in the shower. Oh yeah, the shower was nice. And of all four of the books, everybody is always goes back to that one sex scene with Bishop and Valor. And I'm like, damn, you're not gonna. I mean, Emerson literally had sex on a fucking dry washing machine. Like, come on, Nico ate somebody else out on a fucking roof, and you're yeah. Ready. But you know what? It's taking that subtle. It's it's almost like that. Sometimes those scenes that aren't hugely hugely graphic have the most. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah and they were just like feeling it, and I was like, "Cool." As I sit yeah. here shifting in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just teetered the line right out the gate. I was like, "Fuck it, let's see if anybody gets pissed off about this." But Valor was mature for her age, and it was Bishop, so it was fine. <laughs> oh, I've written. See, it's funny because there's, I have a bunch of books that aren't you can't see anymore because yeah. they're being repackaged and put back out. Sunset at Lake Crane. Um is like that oh shit they, well their history their history was student teacher oh. high school student teacher but the age gap was eight year he was 26 at the t- or 27 at the time and she was like yeah. hmm. i did make it so she was legally an adult when she graduated because when at the time when i wrote this i would have i would have been skewered and actually there's a story about that book oh god there's so many stories that's the book. It's the first book I ever wrote. It's the book of my heart kind of thing, but it's not the first one I published because there was no way I was putting that out into the world first. The mm-hmm. day I finished it, I sat down and wrote chapter one of Falling in Fiji. That's the first book I ever, um, ever did. Falling in Fiji, Falling in Angels Falls, and Sunset at Lake Crane are all taken off all the retailers right now because they're all getting new covers, getting new titles. Yeah. Um, and Sunset at Lake Crane is turning, it's going to be Fire Lake, but it was supposed to be a 12 book series. It's a series I have to go back to, yeah. but I'm going to reset it in Galloway Bay. So it'll go with all of the Derby romance. 
But that was the book that I was in a reader, uh, a reader, a writer group in um, Pennsylvania, back when I lived in Pennsylvania. And I had, there was this weird gap between indie authors and traditionally published authors in that writing group. Yeah. And, you know, it's the first time I'd ever been in a writing group, but I do have a bachelor's degree in English literature. It's, I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's not, yeah. I didn't come in as a total newbie to the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but I had a traditionally published author offer to read the fi first 50 pages and critique it for me. I was like, great. She came back, called him a pedophile, said that I needed to brainstorm a safer backstory. And I was like, I don't have to do shit, okay? I was like, first of all, you clearly don't know what pedophile means because there's a very specific definition for that term. Yeah. And it's an attraction to prepubescent children. So let's not get that twisted. Yes. And it's like, she was 18 at the time. Yeah. In this, it's not like, I'm like, what i was pissed and it was she told me i needed to change my story so three weeks later i had gone to a medium gallery with Lori moore so Lori moore was the medium that day and we all got numbers going in and she took the number from the person ahead of me and said that's not your number that's her number mm -hmm. she, like she came over and made sure i had 26 it was really it was really bizarre and everyone was gonna ask one question. Well, she didn't, I didn't get to the point where I got to ask the question. She's like, you're a romance author. No one knew at this point, I hadn't published anything. I'm gonna sit in the fucking gallery minding my business. And she's like, she goes, someone's gonna tell you that you need to change your story. Don't do it. She goes, if you change it, the story collapses. Do not do it. Oh God, she had it. no way of knowing. She had no way of knowing. Like we didn't, she didn't know our, our full names when we yeah. went to the, she had no clue who we were. And someone had told me to change my story. And then, I don't know if you guys are all fans of Marie Force. I am gonna probably forever regret that I'm gonna tell you this. Oh shit. Where people can hear it. <laughs> okay. So after Sunset at Lake Crane was published, Jack's House Publishing opened up. Marie Force opened up her own publishing line. Yeah. And she would take books that had been previously published. So I submitted it. Inside of four days, I got a response. She wanted to read the full. A few days after that, she loved it, but she wanted some changes. It? There was one change she wanted I would not commit to. So I made all the changes she wanted. Yeah. Sent it back. But the one change I wouldn't make, I told her exactly why I wouldn't change it yeah and then and then and then she was all of a sudden the stuff she was really happy with she started picking at so it yeah. became kind of a she was mad at me sort of thing yeah and so it was like she didn't take my book I wasn't willing to change my book she wanted me to change my heroine into a total twig I was I like that. yeah it was like she had to have the courage to go back home after having left. You want me to have her tricked into going back home? No, because she's strong from the onset. Like I, I, yeah. So it was after that, I actually won an award for this book. And I went up a little bit drunk <laughs> to give my acceptance speech. <laughs> 
and said, there's a few people who need to see this. And I'm like, oh, you know, and everybody knew, everybody in the audience knew the story about me submitting to Jack's house publishing. And it like became this, <laughs> it became a thing. I'm never accepting an award again. And I'm never drinking at an awards event. I literally again. am obsessed with you. I'm actively obsessed with you. I was pissed. I was like, this is like validation because these, these judges were booksellers and librarians. Yeah. And I was up against traditionally published books. And this book is the one I pitched at nationals and I had seven requests for fulls. Yeah. And of course, none of the traditional publishers would take it because it was too risky because of the student teacher aspect. Yeah. But this and this story wasn't even when the affair happened. This was eight years later. Do you see how far the romance genre has come? Right, since 2015. Student teacher is like mild on the list of what I read. Can we talk? Can we talk about something? My obsession, the Off Balance series. By who? Lucia Franco. No, I haven't read it. What is it about? Oh my God, tell me. What? Tell me in. You haven't even heard of this series? I'm like looking at the books. Like I couldn't no. say it to you. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the spines. No, I'm You didn't not. even hear about this like if over a year ago where there was the backlash? Now, you want to see? I heard some of it. Oh my God. She's like, okay, she starts out as 15, almost 16. And her gymnastics coach is, which is part of the, is 30, like, Three or thirty-five, Ooh. or and I'm like, oh my oh. God, wait, I heard about this. I heard about it. I heard about it. I heard about it. I heard about it. I have the yes. originals before she had to change it to satisfy the people coming at her. Now, obviously, I'm like sitting there and I'm reading this, and I'm like, oh God, this is a controversial topic, and I'm going to get backlash from people hearing this. But I don't care. They can fuck oh, off. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> now first of all the thing people need to remember is a 15 16 year old and i know this all sounds bad in light of all of the molestation and stuff happening with gymnastics don't come at me people i can see the one star reviews just like coming in <laughs> for my books because i was an asshole and said it but the way she wrote it mm-hmm. i mean she very clearly showed the separation when gymnasts when these gymnasts are living in apartments and condos and they're on their own. Yeah. They're living on their own. They're essentially emancipated in a lot of ways. So she did a really good job showing that. And she also addressed something that no one, oh God, this is really going to get scared. Okay. Oh God. The girl wanted him. Now I'm not saying that obviously she's not the age where she can okay, yeah. God damn. Okay, there's no good way to say this. You see how like jittery in my chair? There's no good way to say this. In in the state she was writing, 16 yeah. was the age of she checked all that. Her husband's an attorney. So yeah. he, she double checked all that, but people stay, still came at her. Um <clears throat> I did not come at her because you know what? I read it, I loved it, and I still open those books all the time. And I don't usually reread anything. But what she wrote was not illegal. Yeah. As a parent of three daughters, would I want my daughter to do that? Fuck no. <laughs> would I understand why she went after that? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, this is my thing. Don't ask me, was 16 once. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, that's what, literally what I was about to say. Because... I think there are certain, it's okay. 
I'm trying to be careful. There are. Where's that stage? Where are all the disclaimers? We need something here. It's 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 fiction, and there are worlds mm-hmm. where people enjoy this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There is a, and you can't judge people based on what they enjoy. Like if you like reading about a fucking dude who ties you up and has a knife to your throat, and I don't like, I do like that, FYI. But um, if you, I don't like that, and you like that, I can't kink shame you. I can't yeah. shame you for what you enjoy. And I yeah. think people are really doing that of like shaming other people into, yeah. you know, like what they don't and don't like. Not to mention the fact that Off Balance series, I saw this, it had like 18 or older. Like you have to be like a certain age to like read this book to yep. you know, like whatever. You can't kink shame somebody. Just like I feel like before Fifty Shades of Grey came out, yeah, I feel like romance erotica novels were shamed so much. Like, my grandma used to hide that shit like underneath her fucking bed. Like, oh my God, don't let anybody see you read the dirty books. Don't let anybody see you read the <laughs> I'm like, look at this dirty book. Look at this. This is the best dirty book ever. I'm like all over social media, like dirty books, dirty books, everybody. And so <laughs> it's like, you can't- I am so not that person. I'm like, don't look at my dirty books. <laughs> you, you can't, oh, not my dirty books, other people's dirty books. <laughs> I don't think that you should be able to kink shame somebody in this romance world that we live in because listen like there are people who write everything like I'm talking like very taboo and I have no right to judge that because I'm into my own shit and I just think that people don't take the liberty to understand the difference between fiction and nonfiction. and it's okay to enjoy reading something that you would not be okay with in real life like like you said like if your daughter you're not okay with your daughter doing that but when you read this book you're like I might understand why she might be okay no I absolutely understand I'm a 17 16 15 year old girl bro and I'm gonna tell you right now ain't no 15 16 year old doing it for me I was all about the people who were older than me absolutely (laughs) without without implicating myself in anything bad absolutely and I mean I'm one of those authors I actually um I never thought I would read bully romance and I actually like the idea of bully romance kind of makes me cringe however Mm-hmm. I picked up my first one and I read it all the way through and I was like, well, motherfucker. Who was it? <laughs> it was like, hate me. It was, was that Ashley Jade? Ashley Jade. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So okay. like. Listen to me. Listen to me. You've come to the right <laughs> You've come to the right podcast because I am the queen of dark romance, okay? Where you I am not. Know, you let me know what your limit is and we'll go from there because I know. Well, you know, I'm- it's funny because I, I thought like the whole bully romance and being really super mean and cruel to somebody, but re- I, I thought I would have a problem with it. But then I'm like, instead of sitting here thinking you have a problem with it, just read one. And I saw it was actually um, Brooke Cumberland. Yeah, half of Kennedy Fox. She was on the she was on Facebook as Kennedy Fox, and she said she had a book hangover from reading Hate Me. And I was like, Oh, oh, gotta go see what this is. Yeah. And I looked at the cover, and that that look on his face. Oh, that look on that motherfucker's face, and that was it. One click. I mean, I think there's a line that people do cross 
and it's hard to cross a line with me, trust me. <laughs> but I think that the bully romance is easy to cross for me, mostly just because I was bullied. But I think yeah. if done well and tastefully, I think that it is, it's a really, I love it. I love, yeah. you know, I love that. However, yeah, there were a couple of moments in there I was cringing. Like some of the things he did to her at school, I was like, oh, this fucker needs to be set on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he redeemed himself in the end. He yeah, redeemed exactly. himself kind of. In a, it can be done yeah. tastefully. However, yeah. I'm recommending these books to you. I recommend this book to everybody, everybody. I got my pen ready. The Devil's Night series by Penelope Douglas. Devil's this Night. is the epitome. This is what got me hooked on dark romance. I went down a fucking rabbit hole after this. Oh God, I'm on deadline too. So you're saying don't click this yet. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you after the podcast what it's about because we gotta we gotta get moving. We we be talking like <laughs> on the same question. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, no, it's fine. I'm having, we're having a great time. This makes a great podcast. <laughs> well, this is good. why this is why April said when they're together, we need to do a Facebook live with them. Oh, oh my god, you should see us when we're together. It's we like we can finish each other's sentences and shit. I don't know where she came from in my life, but man, I'm obsessed. <laughs> oh god, I just died. Okay, so you, yeah, see water bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that weed I've been smoking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> jokes it was a joke y'all true story my daughter almost drowned on a gulf of water walking from one room to another and called me and i couldn't hear her on the other end she was actually physically drowning in a sip of water Holy and God. was planning where she was gonna lay down so when my mom found her she wouldn't like found her dead like seriously that just took a really morbid oh, turn I'm don't be really careful when you're choking on your damn water bottle there make sure oh, she got okay, like light over or some you. shit to get morbid. Okay. I got a story for everything. <laughs> okay, so what are your plans for 2021, Miss Casey Hagen? The rest of the roller derby's here. Well, I say the rest of it, but I'm building a world. So okay. um, I have five more roller derby books. And um <laughs> there's gonna be there's gonna be a spin-off roller derby series. I mean, we'll keep going with it because I'm gonna stay in that town. Yeah. Um I already bought the exclusive for the seventh. I saw the couple and I was like, mm, yeah, yeah. He's got her pinned up against a brick wall. And I was like, gotta happen. Totally gotta happen. $800 later. <laughs> I deadass bought a cover before I even wanted to. I deadass bought the cover. Okay, for the book I'm writing currently, okay? I had this specific image in mind, all right? Yeah. I wanted a, I wanted a mixture of, illustrated and normal romance okay I wanted, a, I wanted a mixture of the two of them I'm trying to figure out how this would work and I found one and it's it's chef kisses I love it with my whole heart it's it's a guy it's a hot guy and he's holding a guitar but it's watercolor okay so, it's like, and then there's like graphic pieces of it that my cover designer did. Listen, it's just phenomenal. <laughs> and, it, and it matches like the entire, the aesthetic. And I am just literally, I'm obsessed. And I bought the picture before I even- When are you revealing this fucker? Um, wait, hold up. I just, I just sent a text message the other day about it. <laughs> Was it to me? Because I know I have it too. No, wait, I got this. I got this. I'm doing I usually don't like illustrated covers actually, but I'm I'm kind of intrigued by Cover this. Cover reveal is on 4 24, so May 24. Oh, I got I to write that date down too. I'll just show it to you. I don't care. I'll just show it to I you. I love it. 
But yeah, so I'm super excited for the rest of your 2021. As soon as I finish doing whatever the fuck it is I'm doing right now, I am going to read the roller der- derby one because I. Oh my. There's a book in that series I can't wait to get to. It's oh the God. fourth one. Don't you it's hate It's sitting up there on my board. Like you can see, my I do what April does. Yeah. This was all April's influence. But right on there, she's a bartender and he's a mixologist, which tells you right there what the conflict is. <laughs> and she's going to be way older than him. So I love it. I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's like, I think the tagline April came up with for that one when we were redoing my blurbs was, um, I, uh, I hate her behind the bar, but I love her on top of it. <gasps> oh, yeah. Ooh, that's hot. Yeah. That's Every awesome. time I look at that sticky, I'm like, oh, I want to write that story. He's gonna that's hot. Like, the book's written down. That's hot. It's going to be so great. Marty's going to be a good books. one, too. That cover. Mm-hmm. I just got goosebumps just saying the words that cover. The guy. Okay, the guy in the forearm tat is just like, yeah. All right. So moving to writing questions. <laughs> Hold on. No, there's something. You got to read down there. What read in between write, reading and or writing. What are we doing? What are you talking I'm about? I'm not looking at the questions, so I don't know what you're... Stevie, you just ask it if you see it. It's the giveaway. Oh, shit, yeah. My bad. My bad. <laughs> this is why I handle business. Because I have no brain, okay? Just shut up. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you're April and you're me. <laughs> That's what April said. <laughs> oh I don't even care. I don't even care. Fuck it. I'm a, I am who I am, okay? Exactly. Exactly. Fuck it. All right. Who's the giveaway winner? Stevie? Well, we already know who this person is, and it's Jessica. Jess. I literally love Jess with my whole heart. She is the sweetest soul in the entire world, and I'm so glad she won. And now I can send Jess a package. Exactly. So we will. I have her address already written down yeah so we'll just send that to you at the end of the podcast sweet and it'll be good to go yeah. all right now moving on to writing questions because i was like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> it's literally written in there okay so um <clears throat> are you a pantser or a plotter oh shit <laughs> i used to be a pantser a complete pantser yeah. the problem with that is when i was writing sunset at lake crane i realized i I wasn't even halfway through the book and I had 150,000 words. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Backstory. So I cut all that crap out. I mean, the book is 120,000 words long, but now I'm kind of a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, I'm moving towards plotting more because I'm writing faster and I'm finding that if I don't have at least a couple sentences letting me know where I originally planned to go, I go into a total panic. Me. Um, something to just keep me on task. I usually only plot, um, in depth two or three chapters ahead because often my characters do whatever the hell they want. And they're like, sorry, you're going to have to rethink that plan. Bunch of dickheads, and, all of them. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I guess I'm not a pantser anymore. You're I'm kind pantser. of grieving for that. Isn't that sad? I used like to answer. You're in the middle. Yeah. I mean, April's trying to like, I could never find a way to plot that worked for me. I could never stick to a method and she has a method that I can actually do pretty well with. And I mixed it with the Michael Higgs six part story structure thing. Yeah. And I seem to be, my, my big problem now is that I just kind of bust out of the 30 chapters. Next thing you know, I'm at 33 chapters or I'm 
my word count, I can target 75K. Next thing you know, it's 98, like with DJ Swingman and False Art. It just seems to be my sweet spot now. I think I wrote novellas for so long, I got so sick of it that now I like my books longer. Yeah, I mean, fuck it. I like to dabble in the awesome stuff. So, yeah. Well, she's now on her way to Yeah. I'm probably more of a plotter than anything now, though, which is weird to say. All right. So do you have any interesting writing quirks like eating Twizzlers while you write or? Holy April, when I saw this question, I was like, I don't fucking know. And she goes, you have to clean your office before every book. And I was like, oh, I guess that would be one of those things. <laughs> I do. I have to. I have to reset my whole office. Everything has to get scrubbed down. I mean, it has to anyway, because I have bad allergies, but like. I can't start a new book without going through the entire thing. Dusting, yeah. vacuuming, arranging all my million notebooks that sit here for no reason because I never write in them. My pens, I, I have furniture. See those white bins? Those are all yeah. pens. I mean, oh, I have, yeah, yeah it's bad. Yeah, that's, and that doesn't even like, and these are the ones that I just use on the daily. Just like It's just like a reset for your brain. And I mean, I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. April and I get together, every time we get together, I swear to God, we go to fucking Walmart and buy more fucking pens. <laughs> every time we get together, we're like, okay, we shopped beforehand. We need no snacks. We're all set. We do not need to go to Walmart. Inside of the first five hours together, we are finding a reason to go to Walmart. <laughs> every single fucking time. Every single time. Oh my God. Friendship. And it's goals. expensive. I got to tell you, because we went to Walmart. Huh. Did she tell you about the hail? No. Wait, what? Oh, hail? Huh. her ass came here to visit and we went to the Walmart over in Sanford. And while we were inside, it started hailing. And when I say hailing, I have video. We couldn't hear each other screaming in each other's faces. It was that loud. <laughs> then we're in the cleaning. Now, this is during pandemic. We were in the cleaning aisle getting whatever bleach, you know, Clorox cleanup and shit we could. Hail started coming into the store, busting through the roof and landing, like coming right through our cart. Holy we all ended up huddled in the produce section. Now this whole time, my Jeep is parked out there and I'm not even thinking about it. It's not until I text my husband and say, okay, just so you know, I don't know when we'll be back. We've been evacuated into the bakery. <laughs> There's hail everywhere. He's like, Oh my God, where's the Jeep? And I'm like, oh, shit. We had $6,000 worth of hail damage <gasps> to our brand new Jeep. Oh <laughs> my God. I would have cried. I would have cried. It was really bad. I mean, the water, okay, when we were, when we finally got out to the vehicle, we had to go through water that was up to our knees. <gasps> with ice floating on top great time to visit april it was friggin' insane and we're talking during this was summer and it was i like that water was so flipping cold i had debris in my pants <laughs> in my pants she has pictures of this we got to show you pictures of some oh my god it was so ridiculous okay. and then she's like oh my god i'll pay for half of the half of the um deductible and i was like it wasn't your fault and she's like we wouldn't have gone to Walmart if it wasn't. <laughs> so technically. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. So okay. Bad. So 
how do you handle negative feedback? <laughs> Dream. <bucket> moment. <laughs> okay, seriously? Okay. I try to avoid my reviews, to be honest with you. I, um, God, I, I don't handle it well. I mean, <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I don't, I don't like reading my reviews because in my head, logically, I know not every book is for everybody. Yeah. I've read books that were really, really great that I hated and would not have given more than one or two stars to. I don't review like that because I'm an author now and I just won't do that. Yeah. Um, but so I know not every book is for everybody, but I am a little bit of a perfectionist and I know my shit's not perfect. And, but I, in my mind, I won't keep messing with it and keep trying to find perfect. So I have to be real careful going into my reviews because you can't make everybody happy. And if I, the, the one thing that one person hates another person loves, I have a lot of readers who really like how I stay in the character's head for a while and really tap at that place where you agonize. And yeah. then I have some people who are like, it moved too slow for me. They want that. They want the quick punch. I like to sit there with the character agonizing. So that's what I write. Me too. But I second, but I'll second guess myself if I start yeah. looking at the reviews. So I'm a firm believer reviews are none of my damn business. Um, because they're not for me, but I will have others look at them because if there's a glaring issue that's something, say an editing issue that I can fix that managed yeah. to get through, I want to know about it. I want to know about the things I can fix. I don't want to know about the other stuff that, that, yeah, because it will, it'll derail me. Your soul. It will, because they don't understand. I would rather stand in front of a crowd of people naked than have someone read my book. I write them, but I, it would be easier for me to stand naked in front of a group of strangers than to have a group of strangers reading my book. <laughs> While you just that, sit there awkwardly waiting. Yeah, it's <laughs> so when the reviews pop up, it's like, okay, just stab me in the fucking heart then. Yeah. Why don't you, like, just, you know, just kick in me my in the freaking crotch, like whatever. Like, it, it's just... But I am a firm believer. I shouldn't even look at them. So stuff was rolling in for um, for false start, and I was afraid to look. I actually told Sean, I was like, "Can you pull review quotes for me? Because I can't. I can't go in. I can't." Uh -huh. And and this last release I had, I quietly released an old story because I I used to write in third person. Now I write in first person. This older story that I re-released <clears throat> when it went out, I had that feeling in the pit of my stomach. Bless you. <laughs> Look at her face. <laughs> that sneeze so, came out of nowhere. Gotcha. Um, oh, continue. It was a low conflict book, but I meant for it to be that way. But I also knew that was going to be a problem for people. So I quietly released that and I couldn't look at the reviews. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And it actually wasn't bad. I had people who said they absolutely loved it, but I bet you those people who loved it are people who read traditionally published romance. Yeah. Because it's a safe story and you can always, I can always, at least I can always tell, I can tell, like I, I sit there and hover on that line. I had a lot of writer friends who are indie, a lot who are traditional 
And there's that freaking divide that sits there. Traditional like, oh, why are you breaking this rule and that rule and you're doing it wrong? Well, no, right? If you're gonna break the rules, know why you're breaking them. Yeah. Although don't break the cardinal rule. It has to have a happily ever after. That is one that I just, I'm sorry. So you don't read books that don't have happily ever afters? No, I, 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 I'll read something that doesn't have a happily ever after. I will never read the author again if they've marketed it as a romance and it doesn't have a happily ever after. Mm -hmm. That's where I draw the line because yeah. a romance novel is a promise mm -hmm. and it, it, it uh, that's one that's when I'm like no actually and I won't say who the author is but it was a long time ago I wrote a, I, I read a student student teacher romance and she fucking killed the hero in the end I will not pick up a single book from that fucking author ever again because I don't trust her she broke the promise of a romance I don't trust her I don't trust her she broke the promise of a romance and listen I'm not it's not like I read a hundred romances and started writing I've been reading, I was reading a book or two books a day for 20 years. Yep. Like it's I, thousands upon thousands. Uh, do you upon read thousands. like, do you read like John Green? No, I read exclusively romance. Okay. All right. What's well, well, fuck? Like I, I, I seriously, I, I am, I am that bitch. Like <laughs> I am like, I, it's my crack. And honestly, it happened by accident. Because like I said, I didn't read any of the required reading until senior year. My teacher busted me. He knew what I was doing. I bullshitted my way through literally every book report and every, every paper until senior year. What were you doing? Were you, were you watching the movies? Were you looking uh, at the yeah, I can usually skim and get a good enough idea that I could literally BS my way through a paper. And yeah. he caught my ass. And he so he... But you know what? All those years, no one bothered trying to find out what was wrong. Mm -hmm. I couldn't retain anything I read. I had a reading disability. Yeah. And no one caught on to it. He caught on to it. And he's like, okay. Fuck the teacher. Okay. That. Just kidding. Yeah, he, comes, he brings in a fucking list and a stack of banned books. And he's like, pick your poison. And I, was like, oh. I was like, I'm not supposed to read these. And he's I'm like, in no. Love with that I'm like, give me. Give I'm not, them to me. Yeah, give them to me. And because he was, it was basically, I was not, I wasn't going to pass. He's like, yeah. I know what you're doing. You're not going to pass. He's like, but if you're going to read these, we're, I'm going to work with you after school. We're going to debate these books and yeah. you can earn your grade back. <gasps> That's awesome. Sure as shit. I love him. And then I went on to get my bachelor's degree in English literature. Why is everybody else getting lucky with these nice-ass English teachers? Like, my English teacher was the fucking opposite. The reason I wanted to become an author was because she was a bitch to me. So, like... It really, really helped that he was super fucking good-looking. And young. You're joking! <laughs> no. Okay, never mind. I'm gonna shut my mouth. I'm gonna shut my mouth. And I'm... <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say because he's actually famous now, so... What? Yeah. No, spill the beans. <laughs> I can't... I, I honest to God cannot spill the beans. He is published. He's an executive producer of a TV show. Can we he's ask a, all yeah. recording? Can I, can I marry him? Is he married? <laughs> he's married. He's married with children. Damn. He did not... He is like the one guy on the planet who didn't age well, but when I pull out a picture of him from his younger days, Everyone's like, yeah, I see it. I'd have hit it. I'd have tapped that. I'd have tapped that. 
So, okay. So my English teacher. I feel like I can't touch any more of that topic. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have tapped that. Oh, I would have tapped that. So like I said, I'm not touching any more of that topic. We, I've been a reader my whole life and I'm dyslexic so that when I was a kid, I found that it was easier for me to read fast, read the question so fast that my brain did not have time to scramble the letters, right? Yeah. And so that means I would, I would, I would, I would finish tests quickly. Teachers fucking mm-hmm. hated me for that. And I would miss some because I did read, I did misread, but I would miss yeah. more if I took my time. Yeah. So that gamble for me was worth it in the end. And so yep. I had this English teacher who I was in high school as a freshman in high school and she fucking hated me because I, I, I was so quick that I was, she laid it on my table. She laid it on my desk and I was like, okay, I'm done. Here we go. Take it, take it away from me. And it was just because I had a learning disability that nobody ever like mm-hmm. helped me like legitimately help. And I was like helping myself and this is how it worked for me. So she didn't like me. And so basically what happened was, is we had, we had to read this short story and I fucking cannot remember it said life me. I'll, I'll fucking look it up and tell you what it is. But basically it ends with a cliffhanger and we had to write a short story to like end the book. Right. Yeah. Write it from the perspective of like, the prince or the princess or like the king like whoever you wanted to write it from the perspective of and I was like well I'm gonna write it from this fucking tiger's point of view and so like the tiger was like a main character like this tiger was had to fight this man in this arena and you know like whatever for this girlfriend his girlfriend's hand in marriage and I was like well I'm gonna fucking Mm -hmm. write it from the tiger's POV and so I wrote about how this tiger his entire family had been taken from him and they had pulled him across this desert and left him in this cage and this is the reason why he's so angry and so mad right yeah I read it in front of she like specifically like was like hey I want you to read this in front of class obviously because she knows that like I struggle with reading aloud like out loud because I fuck words up and so I read it and she was like wow that was actually really really good and like creative and I was like fuck you I was like yeah it is because I am creative and I was like if this hater bitch liked this shit then people who actually like me will like my stuff so that's why I want to be a writer I'd always been a reader but I was like oh I want to be a writer from that moment but yeah fuck that teacher why is everybody having nice English teachers see you know and I didn't want to be I I didn't even think of it like that you know honestly I didn't read my first romance novel until my ex-mother-in-law got me a stack of them for my birthday and I felt obligated yeah. and then I was hooked um because <laughs> I was reading things like like the first book the first band book we brought in was Lolita and the, the first one I picked was Lolita so because it was like oh a younger girl and an older guy so now of course I thought I was going to crack open the cover and it was going to be something different it this was teacher not. was dropping hints dropping hints <laughs> <laughs> So, but see, the problem with Lolita, though, is that you find out it's not sexy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's no. not sexy at all. And so we're debating this, and I was, like, deeply disturbed. I'm like, this guy's fucked up. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really thought this was going in a different direction. He's like, yeah, I'm sure you did. And it was one of those things that, like, so we would sit there, and we would debate for an hour or two after school. Each book, we would sit there and debate and debate and debate. I just read those damn books just so I could talk to him after school. <laughs> yeah, well, that helped. So <laughs> when I graduated, when I graduated, we were taking pictures together 
and he get and he gave me a card and in the card he said he's he told me I should be writing yeah and I don't know why he thought that and you know when my kids were little I had started Sunset at Lake Crane but then I put it away yeah because my kids were involved in sports and dance and like all the stuff and by the time I took it back out I had been reading for another you know 10 years so I knew everything that was wrong with it like that first awful reread of this first time trying to do something was like oh okay like 37,000 of those 40,000 words have to go because it's trash (laughs) like so I I fixed it I I stayed with the concept my best friend from high school from childhood um she was a huge avid romance reader and this bitch did not fucking tell me what was in those books had she told me what was in the book she was reading my ass probably would have been reading romance a long time ago (laughs) here i am the non-virgin and she's a virgin and she's reading all these fucking sex books and i'm like (laughs) yeah it is let me tell you something this girl I could not get her to have sex with her boyfriend. Meanwhile, I'm having all the sex. She's reading it in books. I'm like, I don't know, trying to make books happen in real life. (laughs) It was really, so when we were, when we were 18, I have a bunch of cassette tapes that kind of ages me right there, doesn't it? Um, Where we recorded ourselves talking about different books that would be good to write, like different love stories and usually usually it was after binging cmt so there were you know a lot of guys in cowboy hats and shit but anyway we're from vermont i mean and we rode horses a lot so of course we were thinking about muscular guys in cowboy hats whatever i promise um, it's like down here in the south they don't look like that i promise so, so we used to come up with all these concepts and i actually before i started writing i pulled all those tapes out and started listening to them again and i was like Oh, I want to do this. I'm sorry, so I did it. That's so cute. It was, and I still. Oh my god, those tapes are so embarrassing. Like, we did everything on the microphone. Everything. <laughs> like, we didn't care. There's like bodily functions going on. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's bad. Everything's recorded. I'm like, this is trash. We can't ever let anyone hear these tapes. This is so bad. I am. I want to do that with my friends. Oh my God, speaking of my high school. Oh my God, we did actually. If you listen to the episode that's going to be before yours, my high school best friend and myself, who is not the reader (laughs) at all, none, zero, doesn't read, hates that shit. I made her, we did a what the trope episode where we read, we gave her a list of tropes and then we read her the blurbs that corresponded with them and she had to match the blurb to the trope. Like, okay. having never read this shit in her life, she was like, what in the fuck are y'all reading? Bro? <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here, I'm over here reading fucking Penelope Douglas's Devil's Night series, talking about how, like, these guys are, like, hunting this girl down, and she's like, what the fuck are you reading? <laughs> I'm like, good shit. It's good shit. <laughs> it's good. Oh, good shit. So, all right, Stevie, you take reading questions, and then we gotta do trope questions, because, listen, this podcast, we've been on here. For a minute. Two hours. <laughs> For a minute. I mean, I'm not complaining. Even April's was like two hours. Yeah, oh. April, I, I said, how did it go? And she's like, I'm just going to warn you. It was a couple hours long. So be ready for that. 
bro. I just, I, I'm sorry. I, we talk a lot. Apologies. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is normally with other authors, they're not that long. <laughs> but with you two, just we just have it. so much fun that I barely <laughs> tapped into all the horrible stories I could bro. bring up. Well, Jay Sterling's episode. <laughs> Was also like that, bro. It was like three hours long. That's because we got to talking about fucking spiritual shit, and y'all. I mean, y'all, y'all know how I am with my sage, my tarot cards, y'all. I just even fucking. I mean, my dad probably thinks I worship the devil, but whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, if you ever need a tarot reading, I do them for free. We're gonna offer offer them to authors. Reading. I'm gonna give them out to I authors. Love a tarot reading. I mean, why aren't we doing that shit right on here? Are you fucking? Oh! I got a tattoo deck. I have I have all kinds of deck. I got an air animal spirituality deck. I mean, no tattoo deck. What's a tattoo deck? Yeah, Look, so, I'm yeah. willing to give up my reading questions just so she can have this done. <laughs> oh, we gotta do the reading questions too. Okay, what am I supposed to do? No, no, no. I'm just I'm showing you what they're oh, like. okay. do. I'm sorry. I'm like, am I supposed to pick one? <laughs> No, I was showing them what you look like. They look like American traditional tattoos. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. I like that deck. Okay. Listen, it's colorful. It's great. I know, it's lovely. I have an, I have like all kinds of decks. All right, Stevie, ask your reading questions. What is what is the first book that ever made you cry? Shit, you know what? I told Jim last night, I was like, I'm worried about this question because who the fuck knows? <laughs> I really don't know. Honest to God, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. Isn't that sad? I've read so many books, I don't know. But you know what? I, I I feel like in my heart of hearts, it was Catherine Coulter's Rose Haven. It was what? That, that's what I feel like it was. Catherine Coulter's Rose Haven. It's a historical romance. I think it's yeah, in like the 1200s romance. that I read a long time ago. And that book still sticks with me because, I mean, it has a lot of bad reviews on it too. But I was like... He's got her all on a leash and shit. I mean, it was in the 1200s. They I'm did sorry, it. what? He got her on a leash. Like, and I was, <laughs> it's historical romance. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that sounds really bad. Um, but it was in the 1200s and shit. You know, when women, I mean, were definitely your property. And they didn't know each other before they got married. Yeah, so it was a whole thing. But that one probably. That was a big book. I loved it. I don't read historical romance. Mine was definitely this book. This guy is really... I can't fucking see it. Promise me? Yeah. So it's MJ Soren, but she went by a different name back then, which... I have never... Don't ask what it was. I think it was like Melanie Sorensen or something. Mine was... Uh... <laughs> I'm not even going to answer that question. All right. Um. Anyway, moving on. Moving forward. I mean, it's been 20 years, so who the hell knows with me? Like... <laughs> Listen, mine was not a romance novel, so I'm just not even gonna. We're not even gonna get into that. It's fine. Moving on, next question. Are you was a, it Ujo? No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> it was it Stephen King? It was. It was Stephen King. <laughs> of course, it was. Hold up, I can actually pull it. Look, this is why we're friends. Hold up. This is funny. Here it is. Stephen King, The Wastelands. It was the Dark Tower book three. This is the first book that ever made me cry. There was a character in there that died that I was really attached to, okay? Jesus. <laughs> All right, anyways, continue. Are you an e-reader or a physical copy? Um, or both? I, I actually tend to e-read 
almost everything now. I used to really love books. And let me tell you, I will crack one open and I'll snip the hell out of it because I'm weird like that. But I actually, with my issues with the reading, I read better and faster on an e-reader. Actually, yeah. I read on my phone a lot. Yeah. I have a big, I have a paper white uh, and I have a big old tablet, but this thing, it's just convenient. Yeah, it's everywhere. And yeah. that's kind of glorious. And yeah. So I will buy the paperback. Like if I read the book on e-read, if I e-read it first, mm -hmm. love the book, love the cover, you've sold me. I have now. That happened with the Off Balance series. No joke, man. I didn't hear about this until it went controversial. Mm -hmm. And then they'd already pulled it off Amazon. And I, it was like crack. I was trying to figure out what vendor I could get it on. I was willing to buy it anywhere. Then once I bought it, I had to have the physical books. I paid, I paid over $100 for that set. Holy shit. I didn't care. I didn't think about it. It was like, want it. You want to be able to open right up to the good parts. Okay, listen, my Playboy magazines are going to be worth something in a few years. Just telling you. See, MJ was, when MJ was here over the weekend, what was it, last weekend, she even asked me, she's like, how many books do you have on your Kindle? I said, there's a fucking shit ton. Oh, damn. I don't want to ask that question. And then I told her, like, why am I not surprised? I got shit on there that I'm like, I, I got it at one point. I wanted to read it. Now I'm looking at it like, I don't even fucking know. Do I even I want to read that like anymore? 450 books on my Kindle. You know, it's sad when you open up your BookBub email and you go to grab a free book. And it's like, oh, you already downloaded this in May of 2016. And you're like, oh, <laughs> my bad. My bad. It still sounds good though. So let's go yeah, ahead. And read it aged well. <laughs> it aged well. All right, last one. What's your last five-star read? Oh, you know, honestly, I know the answer to this. Um, I had never read Melanie Harlow before. Oh, I love and her. I, I, I'm reading, I read um, Drive Me Crazy. I love that book. Ooh, and I'm actually yeah. reading the one before, I'm reading Cole's, I just finished Cole's story. Yeah. I'm going in reverse, which I didn't think I was going to be able to do because I couldn't imagine reading Enzo single again. Yeah. I was actually a little bit like traumatized by the fact that I was going to read him single again, but I, it's been okay. So I have to back up to the first one because I know the fourth one will be coming. Mm -hmm. um, and before that, it was the book Hate Me. It was a five-star read for me, even though yeah. there were things that made me cringe. I just, yeah. So for Melanie, you have to go back and read Cloverly Farms. Okay. So Cloverly Farms was the series that she did before Bellamy Creek. And in book two of Bellamy, which is well, yeah, Cloverly Farms is in Cole's story because yeah. they have the wedding there. Um, yeah. Griffin and Beck had their wedding there. Yep, and that's why that's what she did. She made it so that they were intertwined. Where because okay, April, I'm gonna have to check that out. So April is April and Franny are both seen in book one and two. Yep, of her Bellamy Creek and Cloverly Farms. I think is five or six books. They're all sisters. I'm okay. I'm yeah. Now see, now we know what I'm going to be reading for the next few weeks when I'm on deadline. <laughs> see, the problem is I need to not crack open another one until I catch up. Well, because listen, I couldn't stop. You might change your mind after I tell you about this Devil's Night series. You might just move all the books over. You just wait. <clears throat> you just wait. Oh my. Oh God. wait. I'm not even joking. Okay, so moving on. Our favorite part and the end of the podcast is trope questions. So. What is your favorite trope to write and why? Second chance romance. 
I oh. can't even like I okay, there is something really great about writing characters who've been who have a history. Mm-hmm. You always know where to open that shit up because you're gonna give them something just you know that conflict and you can just just tap right into that right from the onset. I, I love that shit. Same conversation with Saffron Kent yesterday. I literally yeah. was talking to her. She was like, I was like, I am writing strangers to lovers, okay? And I was like, I can't mm-hmm. fucking do this shit. I cannot. They have to have some type of history. It is stressing me out. And she's, yeah. I'm the complete opposite. Like I'm, she's writing her first second chance romance now. And she's like, I don't know. How do they feel about it? How do they feel about each other now? Why do they hate each other? Where is this coming from? And I'm like, I can tell you how to do this. <laughs> yeah. See, that's to me, I always know where I am if I'm starting off like this. It's funny because I'm writing hip whip now mm-hmm. and they are they have no history and when i was staring down the barrel of this book i was like oh fuck i'm like april i got nothing i got i got nothing <laughs> what the hell do i do with these people i know that she's really bitchy and i know that he's related to patty that's all i got because she you know, know you guys talk to april you know man she knows her characters um like 40 people out yeah her brain just works like that (laughs) mine does not work like that I will go look at a book I wrote three months ago and be like what the fuck was her name again like I'm I'm that person and maybe it's because I'm a grandma now maybe it's because literally my kids have sucked the life out of me because they have (laughs) I don't know but I just I I went through a whole book I wrote a whole book and got to the end and I went to write the blurb and I'm like motherfucker I never gave her a last name what's her last name i don't know (laughs) shit like and then i felt lost all over again and then i'm like rereading it like oh god it can't be a good book if i didn't give her a last name because i clearly i didn't know her well enough to give her a last name yeah it's it's, i got issues i got a system that's all just a system i'm telling you the times of brilliance are when april and i are in this office drinking and i look at her and say why do I feel air on my balls? That's where the line was born from for her book. I just, I'm sitting in my chair over there. Things happen in that chair. And I'm sitting there with my drink. And she's sitting here at the command center because when she comes over, she takes over my U-shaped desk. Yeah. She's sitting here and I was like, April, why do I feel air on my balls? That's it. That's it. That's what's going to happen. And then it all grew from there. And she's like, yes, yes. Those moments of brilliance. But she has like literally everything planned. Like, she even knows who the town clerk is in her little towns. Yeah. I'm just like, is there a fucking town clerk's office? I don't know. I mean. <laughs> What's the population? Okay. Beats the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Stevie, you take the next one for trope questions. What is, which one did you do? Favorite trope? What's, yeah, one, to, what's one trope? I can't read today. I need to zoom in. What's one trope what? What is one trope you would eventually like to write? Yeah. Like you haven't yet. I had to zoom in. I couldn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's a trope that I'm not. Enemies to lovers. Here's the thing. <laughs> I try. I try. And then, it, and then it doesn't happen. And this one that I'm doing is supposed to be enemies to lovers. Uh-oh. Fucking see, because the problem is I want to make them friends too soon. I always want to make them friends too soon. And I'm just like, it's no longer 
that. Like, I just, yeah, yeah. I don't and know. Flavors is my jam. It's literally my jam. My jam, my jelly, my peanut butter. It is the everything. I'm telling you, it's, it's, and I know like Kennedy Fox, they do great enemies to lovers. I'm just sitting here like, I just want everyone to get along because I want them to start, you know, tab A, slot B, you know, I just, it's like, how do you enemies to lovers? Oh yeah, hate fuck. That's what you do. You exactly. just hate fuck each other. Exactly. And that's what needs to happen in this. Exactly. Because we hate fucking each other. Okay. So what is one trope that you will never write and why? Oh my God, that's a really good one. I know for a fact what she's going to say. It's what everybody says, and it just shoots me in the heart every time. No, I'm not even sure there is a trope I wouldn't write. Okay. What does everyone say? I need a trope list. Someone give me a trope list. Paranormal <laughs> romance. He's done PNR. Oh, I, had, I had paranormal. I, I pulled them down. I pulled oh, them fuck. down. Fuck. All right. Damn it. I'm not super passionate about it. And those were, they were four novellas that were interconnected. And it, yeah. it was from my time writing in Kindle Worlds. I really wanted my stories to be longer, but at the time I was writing for Kindle Worlds, they wanted us writing novellas. Yeah. And so it's always, I'm sitting there looking at those stories with regret because they could have been something so much more. Now I do have a story that is a twist on Love Potion number nine. Okay. That's the beginning of what would be a three book series in Paranormal. If I get the passion back for writing that, it was published for a brief time, up. but Kindle Worlds died and then, I'll, you know, bad things. I'll but fucking pay to read that shit. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, it was actually, I, I love doing, I do get emails from people, you know, are you ever going to finish that one out? And it's like, I have to get my passion for Paranormal back if I'm ever going to publish them again. You want I want the other books to be longer and I you know what I mean I, yeah. I feel like I'm shortchanging the reader if I'm not feeling it in my heart kind of thing yeah so. if you want passion for paranormal romance have you read the black dagger brotherhood I have not but I haven't read paranormal in a really long time this is like <laughs> I feel the disappointment I feel it just just coming off or like oh my god how? <laughs> She, oh god she's at the bookcase again <laughs> listen i don't know whether they're probably in the one in the living room listen to me when i tell you that these vampire it's vampires they're vampires yeah these vampire alpha assholes are fucking sexy as hell all of them every single one of them but the first book is called dark lover and it's about wrath and he's a blind vampire and he ends up with this half breed named beth and holy shit, he's blond, but he can see shit, okay? <laughs> well, yeah, the thing is, is you gotta start using your hands more. I'm he, like, that man, <laughs> let him drink my blood. I don't care. I don't care. I'd let him kill me. <laughs> if he could touch me for like 20 seconds, I would. But I recommend that book to anybody that wants to start reading Paranormal Romance because I yeah. Now, listen, it ain't, don't go into this thinking this is some Twilight shit because it's not. <laughs> Ain't no twilight and no sparkling in the sun. None of that shit. This is some nitty gritty vampires who are horny as fuck for the women they love. Period. That's like <laughs> it's amazing. It's phenomenal. New blurb. For real. That's actually a good blurb. I like it. Okay, so uh, J.R. Ward, hire me. I will like do your blurbs. <laughs> <Get it. laughs> 
There's no sparkling up in this shit. For real. Ain't no sparkling. Nothing of that shit. It's it's just good. All right. And Stevie, you take the final question because this is our last one, sadly. Okay. If you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? (laughs) I feel like this is telling on myself. Um, my head, I'm like, I know what it is. That's the one that happens all most. Of the, is it enemies lovers that happens all the time? No, no I know what I, it is in my head for her. <laughs> I got it. It's there. I don't want anyone to hear this and think that I have some unresolved relationship issue in my past. Wait, wait, wait! Because I'm very happy where I am, but a second chance romance. Oh damn, that was not what I was thinking. But what were you thinking I was gonna say? Okay, okay. <laughs> you can't see it. Can I just I'm... say? Can I just say? I don't need the second chance for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> y'all can't see, but I wrote on a sticky note, and y'all don't need to. That's TMI. Yeah, no, we're just going to leave that alone. Holy shit. All right, so, Casey, you have been literally... Um, what? Twi- ah! girl no not twice oh two Two (laughs) madam okay well um really needed to be grounded more casey hagan you are a phenomenal host (laughs) like we have literally had so much fun with you thank you so much for joining us we usually leave a little bit of the end of this for the authors to pimp or whatever the fuck you want to do as you say but thank you so much for having coming on the podcast thank you for having me i don't pimp myself well Okay, she's phenomenal. Go read her book. Follow her on IG and Facebook. I don't know if you have a TikTok. Do you have a TikTok? Yeah, I do, but I haven't done anything with it. Okay, follow her on TikTok. Hey, girl, follow me on TikTok. My TikTok be popping. I'm just kidding. My TikTok. I I love watching TikToks, but I'm just like, damn, it's going to take me half a day to figure out how to put like 20 seconds worth of content out there. Listen, I'll show you. I love it. Yeah, I need someone to get. I'm bad at this. Like, I love the job. But thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you have a lovely day. Thank you for having me.